0: how all the technology works behind it, and then how to get great guests and uh, keep the thing moving and how to grow it. So if you're interested in that, check it out. You can go to georgegrumbacher.com forward slash podcast course, and you'll find it there. You can just go to the website. I'll also list that in the notes of the show. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, a strong and powerful Rachel Richards. Rachel, are you ready to do this? Absolutely. Excellent. Let's do this. Rachel is a best-selling author and finance guru. Her new book is Passive Income, Aggressive Retirement, and I'm excited to have you on. Rachel, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do.
1: Thanks, George. Um, I'm a lot of things. I'm a former financial advisor. I'm a real estate investor. My husband and I own over 35 rental units in Louisville, Kentucky. Mm. I'm an entrepreneur, um, bestselling author. And then I guess what people find most intriguing about me is that last year at age 27, I quit my job and retired, and I'm now living off over $10,000 per month in passive income. So we've come a long way in just a few years. Our passive income consists of our rental income from from our properties and royalty income from my books, and a couple other little things, but I do what I do because I'm very passionate about teaching personal finance to young people like myself. I grew up on a budget, I didn't ever want to be constrained by money, and I think that we are in a financial education crisis, which is why I'm so passionate about educating other people.
0: Well, that's all awesome stuff right there, congratulations on your retirement. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that, uh, I'm sure that, that kind of sounds funny to, uh, to, 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 to hear, not that you've retired necessarily, because I know that you're still working and, and, and having an impact, but it's pretty cool to, I, I guess, well, I'll just, I'll, instead of putting words in your mouth, uh, it's got to be neat to be able to do whatever you want.
1: Yeah, and it, exactly. When I say retired, I just mean financially independent. But it is. I mean, my life has definitely changed. It's just so freeing to be able to work when, where, and if you want. Um, and like you said, I'm not. I didn't quit to just sort of sit on my butt. Although some people love to just you know retire and go on the beach, and that's awesome. I just get bored easily. So I, I now spend my time working on what I am the most passionate about, which is my book business and teaching financial literacy.
0: Yeah. So. We're certainly not in a time where we're, we're lacking for information, right? Because I can probably Google um, how to successfully manage money and get back eighty trillion results. Why? Absolutely. Where, where's Where's the disconnect?
1: So here's the thing. I, be, I became this person that all my family and friends came to for financial advice throughout high school and college and when I was a financial advisor. And just like you said, I wondered to myself at some point why people weren't reading books or learning on their own or self-educating. And then I realized, oh yeah, personal finance isn't exactly the most fun topic, right? It's boring, it's dull, it's complicated, and it's super intimidating for young people especially. So then I thought to myself, Myself, well, how can I make this topic sassy and fun and humorous and simple? And that's where the idea for my first book, Money Honey, came from. I think the disconnect is just the topic itself. It's just there's a lot of negative feelings around money management. So if you can find a way to just make it fun and accessible for people, it's going to make their learning journey a lot easier.
0: Yeah, I certainly appreciate that. There are a lot of negative feelings about it. People have had Mm -hmm. bad experiences, probably. I've really never thought about it before. Probably the vast majority of have probably a negative past with money versus a super positive. Even if you had money, that doesn't mean that 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 your past with money is 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 super positive. So what an interesting and and, and 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 challenging thing. so how how do you take it and and, and make it fun or or more digestible?
1: In my first book, Money Honey, I do all sorts of things. So I use use acronyms, you know, things millennials will understand. I use jokes. I use funny little anecdotes and stories. So it's a very, very engaging and quick read.
0: And I think that that's, I think a lot of the time, and curious about your experience being that you were a financial advisor and you spent so much time thinking and talking about money. Do you think that the industry tends to overcomplicate things?
1: I do, for sure. I think that's actually one of the reasons most young people wait to invest into the stock market. And I can relate to this myself. I mean, I remember, um, you know, 10 years ago when I first started wanting to invest when I was 17 or 18 years old and I was totally freaked out. I didn't know what I was doing. It felt super complicated. But now that I have been investing, it's, it's really so, so simple. And I do think that's one of the issues is that we overcomplicate this whole money management topic in our heads, and it's actually a lot more straightforward than we
0: think. Yeah, I appreciate that. So, for for, for your personal journey, you, you said that you grew up on a budget. Was 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 that a good thing or a bad thing?
1: Uh, I think it was a little bit of both. So, I grew up in a really wealthy county, and I I definitely felt I feel now looking back on it that I was living in a little bit of a bubble. For example a lot of the kids in my high school, when they turned 16, they were getting new cars and some of them were getting new BMWs. And that just wasn't how my family was operating at the time. You know, we were on a budget. We weren't going out to eat at restaurants or going on trips all the time. And at some point I, I felt different. And when you're in middle school and high school, that's a tough feeling. You don't want to feel different than the rest of the people you want to fit in. So it became this motivator and this driving force in my life. And I realized I don't want to struggle with money for the rest of my life. I don't want to have to always operate on a strict budget. I don't want to have to borrow money from my family and friends to make it to my next paycheck. I wanted to be different. And I realized that what I was doing then would either set me up for wealth or for poverty. And that's when I started taking things very seriously.
0: Yeah, I appreciate that. So you decide, okay, this is, I need to figure this out. It's going to set me up for wealth, it's going to set me up for poverty. So walk me through sort of what was it? Just you 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 decided to learn about money. You decided to learn about saving money. You decided to learn about investing and how how did the switch get tripped to really focus on real estate?
1: You know, I can't quite remember, but I was gradually reading more and more books about real estate. So, from a young age, you know, even in high school and college, real estate investing was something I always wanted to do. I just felt it was one of the most one of the best tools for building long-term wealth. And I still feel that way. So I was 24 years old when my husband and I invested in our first duplex. So this was in 2017. And this is going to blow some people's mind because Louisville, Kentucky is such a low cost of living area and the housing prices are really low. So our first duplex cost a hundred thousand dollars. Wow. And that was still even a good price. Yeah. In Louisville, Kentucky. So we put down 20 grand and that was where things sort of took off for us. I actually, remember thinking back, my initial goal with real estate investing was to purchase a single family property every single year for 15 years all on 15 year mortgages. And that way, after 15 years, I would be able to retire and be totally financially independent. So that was going to put me, you know, in my mid late 30s. But it's it's so crazy how much faster things actually happened to us happened for us. It took us about three years to build up our rental income to now we're making anywhere from seven to twelve thousand dollars per month um, in a normal month, not during coronavirus. Um, but yeah, we were able to acquire properties a lot more faster than we thought, because is anytime we got a new property and we were making profit or cash flow each month, we would just save and reinvest that for the next property.
0: Is that a, a story of momentum and confidence?
1: Uh, there there was some confidence and there was a lot of mistakes and a lot of learning. So I definitely don't want anyone listening to think, wow, this girl has it all together and she's perfect because man, I, I mean, I laugh at some of the things we did when we first started out in terms of not protecting our assets enough and making mistakes, you know, hiring bad contractors, just not knowing what we were doing. So I would say it's, it was quite an adventure.
0: <laughs> well, I don't doubt that for a second. Um. Just you know, I think that as as we go through life and we're trying new things, we can always look back and say, "Oh my gosh, how in the world did this all work out?" You know, there's <laughs> any number of things that could have totally derailed this this whole program. Um, so, but but it is. I mean, congratulations! You you had this plan. Of you thinking, okay, it's going to take me, or my plan is 15 years, but in fact, it happened a lot faster than that. Um, but it's I, I, I ask about the confidence thing just because. You know, you hear Dave Ramsey talking about once people start paying off small amounts of debt, then they just, that whole snowball just gets faster and faster and faster. Um, so I imagine that was a a little bit confident and you guys are figuring things out and, and, and you're feeling better about things and you realize that this could potentially happen a lot faster, um, is is, am am I wrong in that
1: yeah no we definitely built confidence as we went before we bought that first duplex rental income to me felt like sort of a dream it didn't feel real Mm. and once we bought that first duplex and we renovated it and we got our tenants in then things clicked for me and I realized wow this is real and I can replicate this process and I can do it over and over again so certainly after that first purchase when I saw how amazing it was I gained a ton of confidence after that
0: Yeah. Yeah. That moving from the abstract to the, to, to the tangible. Mm -hmm. And you realize that, that, that is, um, that, that, that it is a repeatable thing. So, so tell me a little bit about the new book, um, the passive income aggressive retirement.
1: I love the topic of passive income. Um, so just to give a definition, the way I view passive income is that it is money or income that is le- that is earned with little to no ongoing effort. Now, it's no get-rich-quick scheme, right? It does take time or money to create. But once I started investing in real estate and I had this other print-on-demand passive income business, and then I wrote my first book, I realized, wow, passive income is great. I had this epiphany. Once your passive income exceeds your living expenses, you're retired, you're financially independent. So that's what we started working towards. And I think passive income is so much more attainable for people rather than trying to save up this exorbitant sum of money to live off of when they're age 65. I think Passive income is a lot easier to do. So my my newest book it's called Passive Income Aggressive Retirement. I did a ton of research and I defined 28 different passive income models. So trust me when I say there is definitely something out there for everybody. Nice.
0: And what what uh, really surprised you about that when you talk about 28? are there one or two that said, oh my gosh, that's that's pretty crazy?
1: Yeah, there's just so many more than I thought once I started <clears throat> diving into it. And there's so many unique. Ways for creating passive income. So one, so people talk about rental income a lot. They talk about portfolio income a lot, but there's a lot of other passive income models. For example, I talk about coin-operated machines. So things like a laundromat or setting up coin-operated laundry machines in apartment buildings or dormitories. Um, things like ATMs, vending machines. Those are really interesting passive income ideas. And again, some people will think, well, those aren't passive. They still require work. Yeah, nothing is a hundred. 100% right. passive unless, right. you know, maybe portfolio income. But when I say passive, I'm talking about well, you can maintain this in a few hours with a few hours of work per month, maybe a couple hours of work per week. It does take time to maintain, but it's so much more passive than a 40-hour a week job.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt about that. So just to circle back to to something you said a minute ago. I mean, how much do would if you're talking to a millennial or whatever the generation after that is, how much money would they need to actually retire off of to save money, to be able to retire?
1: Okay. I'm glad you asked this because I talk about this statistic in my book. Um, I talk about the nest egg theory. And this is the theory that basically says, the way we have traditionally defined retirement is we save up this large amount of money called a nest egg. And we live off of that during retirement for the rest of our lives. And you have to have a lot of money to be able to do that, it turns out. So a lot of studies show that millennials will need to save up at least $2 million by age 65 in order to retire. Now, that sounds daunting to me. I mean, I don't personally know a lot of multimillionaires. So to think that, on average, every single millennial needs to save up a couple mil, I mean, that that sounds a little bit intimidating. Sure. That's why I think passive income is so much easier because, you know, what are your living expenses? Are they 5000 a month, 6000 8000 And then the question becomes, how do you generate enough passive income to more than offset your expenses? And then you're retired. This whole nest egg theory goes away. Um, now, I'm not saying, to not save any money. Uh, personally, what I've done with my passive income is I have so much buffer room that we're still saving several thousand dollars per month, just in case, because I like to be conservative.
0: Yeah. No, I appreciate that. Yes, the thought of saving up two million dollars if I'm twenty-five years old um, is extremely. That's almost, almost. Um, I guess the opposite of inspiring. I'm not going to be able to, uh, to to pull that word right now, but. Um, yeah. <laughs> what discouraging a, <laughs> discouraging there you go it's it's dis- whatever so the idea of okay so how how do i start to put a plan together for for generating that retirement income if if, if i know or rather passive income if i know that my monthly expenses are $3000 a month and so is it how 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 do i get started
1: Yeah. So there's a couple um, things that I think about. First, I think of passive income in two stages. Stage one is when you're creating the income stream, right? Because you don't just snap your fingers and start generating income. Passive income takes either time or money to create. So stage one could be two months, six months. It could be a year to sort of get this income stream up and running. Then when you have it going, then you're entering stage two, and that's when it becomes a lot more hands off. So when you're in stage one, anyone that's starting out is in stage one. The first question to ask yourself is, well, do I have more time or more money? And if you're anything like I was, I would have been like, well, I have neither. I don't have any time, and any money. So then the question becomes, well, which one is going to be easier to create? Is it going to be easier for you to free up more time or will it be easier for you to create more money? Because you have to have one or the other or both to start generating passive income. So that's where I would start.
0: Got it. Okay. So ask yourself that question. Do I have more time or do I have more money? And then, Mm -hmm. okay. And if I decide that I've got more time, then, then what?
1: Then you can start looking at the different passive income streams. For example, one that's more time intensive is what I've done. I wrote a book Um, or creating an online course, You know, something that you can create once and sell over and over again. That's more time intensive. Something that might require more money would be portfolio income. Portfolio income really just only requires money and zero time. Or if you have a mix, then you consider rental income because you need some money, but you also need to have to research and find the property and get the tenants into place.
0: Got it. That makes sense. And then what is stage two?
1: Stage two is when you have the passive income stream launched, then you can sort of take a step back and just let that income come in. So for example, with writing a book or launching a course, you enter stage two once you've launched it. And then you can sit back and, for example, with a book, you're just doing minimal marketing efforts each week to continue to get your book out there and get people reading it. Um, Same thing with an online course. You know, when I think about musicians creating passive income, anytime they're releasing a new song or a new album, they're in stage one spending all the time creating this and then they launch it and then they enter stage two.
0: Got it. That makes sense. I like it. Well, Rachel, Savage Nation is ready for your difference making tip. What do you have for them?
1: I would say one last tip I want to give is I I hate the advice to take a leap of faith and the net will appear. Um, I don't I don't ever encourage someone to quit their job and to start generating passive income. So if somebody wants to incorporate this in their lives or or really heed this advice, I would say find a way to do this on the side. Um, my husband and I were both working full time jobs. We were doing a rental income on the weekends and I was writing my book in the evenings. So everything I was doing around my full full-time job. And I think that's the best way to go about it. And another thing to keep in mind is you don't have to be the number one expert in a field to create a product or service that people want to buy. If I felt like I had to be the number one expert in money management, I never would have written my book because, you know, there's Dave Ramsey, there's Susie Orman. But if you know enough, if you know more than the average person, then you can teach that person and you can turn that knowledge into a passive income generating stream.
0: Well, I think that is great stuff. That definitely it's a- Come on, come on. And I could not agree with that anymore. That is, uh, do not simply take a leap of faith and expect the net to show up. Let's 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 put a little plan in place first. So, yes, exactly. That. I love it. <laughs> well, Rachel, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you?
1: Yeah. So, George, I'd love to give your listeners my free passive income bonus kit. This will help them decide which passive income stream to start creating first. It gives them the deadly mistakes to avoid. And um, there's a lot of free resources and tools. So if anyone wants to download that, you can go to moneyhoneyrachel.com slash bonus.
0: Perfect. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Rachel your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to Rachel backslash bonus. Is that right? Yes. Perfect. And get the free passive income kit and get on your way to doing what Rachel described that she and her husband were able to do, which sounds pretty good to me. Thank you again, Rachel. Thanks, George. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together.